Mother, written and read by Emlyn Stoltz, November 12, 2019. I was sitting in my room doing my math when I suddenly had a very intriguing idea. What if I googled my mom? I had been wondering about her for years. I had never known her, why she left, or even how she met my dad. All I knew was her name. Was it still possible to try and find her? I open my laptop, get to the Google page, a rush of adrenaline hits me, along with a very troubling thought. My dad could check my laptop. I mean, he's never home anyway. Being a sergeant in the military keeps him pretty busy. I only see him about three times every two weeks. I shut my laptop and go back to math. I felt a small bit of anger towards my father. He had never told me anything about my mom. And any time I had tried to ask him about her, he would either brush off the conversation or just shut it down. I took a breath and angrily scribbled the right answers into the question boxes. The next day, before school, I go straight to the library. Hi, Jane. This is Jay, the librarian says. Hi, Mrs. Jay. I say back, trying to avoid eye contact and a long conversation. I go for the computer in the back corner of the library. I know nobody's around this time of the morning, but I still look around me anyways. My father told me at a very young age to always be aware of my surroundings. Flashback one. Me and my father walked down the street. A loud noise erupted behind us. My father whipped around to see what had happened. When he turned back around, he was a little pink with fear. Are you okay, Dad? I asked. Yes, honey, I'm fine, he said back. You just always need to be aware of what's happening around you. If something bad is happening, you don't want to get caught up in it. End of flashback one. Jasmine Brooks is the name I type into the computer and begin researching. Pretty soon, time begins to fly. About an hour later, the bell rings, which means I have to face the hallway. Great. I walk out into the hallway to see Dee slinking around the corner. She's trying to scare me. When she's about a foot away from me, I choose to confront her. Hi, Dee, I say, knowing she thinks she was about to really get me this time. How do you do that? She shrieks. Having a shotgun for dad is really beneficial, I sit back. Way to be smart, I say. At first, I think it's Dee. I am smart, aren't I? I say back. She speaks, the voice says again. I turn. It's Veronica. My stomach doesn't hurt. Veronica's been tormenting me for as long as I can remember. I put my head down and try to drown her out. Dee sees me. Of course she speaks, Dee snaps. Dee don't, I mumble, but I know it's too late. Yeah, to you, Veronica snaps back, but not to anyone else. Oh, she speaks to people, Dee says, just not to you. Veronica and her friends walk away laughing. Don't listen to them, Dee says. They're just jealous. Jealous of what? I say back. The fact that I never see my dad, or the fact that I don't have a mom? I realize that might have been a little over the top. She did just offend me after all. I'm sorry, Dee. I didn't mean it like that, I say. It's okay, she says. I get where you're coming from. Me and Dee both have been bullied all our lives. Probably why we've been friends for so long. We walk down the hallway for another five-ish minutes, until we get to the corner where we always depart. See you at lunch, 
I say to Dee. See you at lunch, she calls back. Then I begin my walk to my lock. Veronica and her friends come around the corner and begin tailing me. I look back around the corner, but this time there is no Dee to save me. Flashback 2. I walk into my new school. Me and my father just moved here. I always have to move around with him because of his job. I go into my new fifth grade classroom. A girl with long brown hair, only about five feet away, is scanning me up and down. I give her a nervous smile. She walks over to me. What's your name? She asks with a judgmental look on her face. Jane, I respond. I stick out my hand, ready to introduce myself. What's yours? I ask, giving her a friendly smile. She glares at my outstretched hand. Veronica, she says, looking back into my eyes with a cold expression on her face. It's flu season, she says, but that's not why I'm not shaking your hand. She says, tilting her head, continuing to scan me. She looks like she's going to say something more, when a short girl with black frizzy hair walks up. Gosh, Veronica, we both know this girl probably washes her hands better than you do, the girl snaps. Veronica huffs and walks away. My name's Dee says the short girl, sticking out her hand. Jane, I say, shaking her hand. End of flashback tip. I walk down the hallway. I've got my phone in one hand and my mom research in the other. I'm mad at my father for not telling me anything about my mom. Then, he thinks he has the right to keep me from asking questions or researching her. I left my phone, put in my password, go to my contacts, and click on the one that says Grandma. I wait as I hear the phone ring. Then I hear her pick up. Hi, Jane, she says. Hi, Grandma, I say back. Listen, I need a huge favor. Flashback three. I walk up the steps, goldfish bag in hand. My grandma walked behind me, carrying the fishbone rocks. What do you think Dad's going to think about this? I ask. Don't worry about your father, Jane, Grandma soothes. I'll take care of him, she says with a wink. My grandma my entire life has had my back. I can count on her for anything. End of flashback three. I walk into my kitchen. My father is washing dishes over the sink. I can't believe him. I slam the document full of my mother's information onto the table. My dad turns around. Hi, Jane. What have you got there? Yes, leaning over the paper. His eyes widen as he realizes who the woman in the picture is. He turns and begins to wash dishes again. So you haven't been doing your homework, he says. My rage begins to bubble. Oh, I've been doing my homework, I snap. Just not the kind you expected. He stiffens. I decide to go right to the point. Why didn't you tell me about mom? I ask. He seems to cringe at the word mom. There was nothing to tell, said calmly, and like I'm going to drop the conversation. I mean, you could have told me that she left when I was three, moved to California, and started her life over. I snap. You think you know everything about your mother, but you don't. You know nothing about your mother. Nothing. I turn my eyes to slits. Are you sure? I ask. He turns to face me. I know that she had me at 19, left when I was three, got a successful job in California, and her dream family there too, and was able to completely start her life over. 
So what? Do I not know exactly? I snap, looking right into his soul. You think you figured everything out, he says, trying not to explode. But there are some key things you're missing. What? I ask. What could I possibly be missing? He goes back to washing dishes. When you're older, I'll tell you more, he says. He has never told me anything about my mother. Not a single thing. I take a breath. I'm going to see her tomorrow, I say. So you're going to miss school, he says. Grandma's driving me to California after school, I snap back. You do realize it takes more than a couple hours to get there, right? Grandma said she was more than happy to take me on a long drive to meet my mother. At that point, I know the conversation is over, and I have finally won this long overdue argument. I turn on my heel and walk away. The next day, I get up really early for school. After I get ready, I pack my bags. I know that after I visit my mom, I'm not going to be able to live with my father again, so I've already asked my grandma if I can stay with her for a while. I take one last long look at the room. Then I walk down the stairs, out the door, and load all my luggage into my grandma's car. Then we're off, but first I have to go to school, one last time before the weekend and slay one dragon once and for all, before I have to slay the biggest one of my life. I walk down the hall with Dee, and at the corner, there's Veronica, just like I hoped she would be. Now all she has to do is what she does every morning, try and ruin my day. I'll walk with you, Dee says when she sees Veronica. I nod. I want Dee to know I can be brave too, so I want her to be here. Plus, I probably couldn't do this without her anyway. Veronica and her friends are right behind me and Dee. Dee looks like she's about to say something. I make eye contact with her at the corner of my eye and give her a sly smile. She gives me her famous, what's up with you look? Veronica, is there a reason you choose to follow me every morning? I ask, turning to face her. She looks a little surprised, even taken aback. To be honest, Veronica, you kind of look like a stalker, I say, or even just a fan. Either way, when you follow me, it looks creepy. Her jaw drops. I mean, I totally get it if you want to be friends, but please just say so, so it doesn't look like you're obsessed with me. At this point, Veronica looks like a tomato. Her friends begin to laugh at her. She storms off, looking full of shame and like she ate way too many hot buffalo wings. When I turn to look at Dee, her jaw looks like it could touch the floor and she looks both pleased and bewildered by what just happened. Then she finally says, You have no idea how proud I am of you right now. I laugh. Then it's time for us to depart again. See you at lunch, I call, but she's still too busy being shell-shocked to reply. I turn and laugh to myself and go to homeroom. Two days later. I still can't believe it. I stare at the headstone, the name Jasmine Brooks carved into it. I never met her, and now I never will, I say, my eyes filled with tears. She loved you very much, my grandma says, and she will always be with you. I nod and turn to my grandma, tears pouring down my face. 
She holds out her arm, ready to give me a well-needed hug. I walk to her and, and begin to sob into her jacket. She pulls me up to walk back to the car. She puts her arm around me as we walk. I turn around to look back at the headstone one last time. Goodbye, Mom, I said under my breath.